Hey, hi, welcome to As You Were, a podcast about disorganization. As you learned and have learned, I guess, in the past couple of weeks, we've had some uh, problems over here at As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, um, and that's a, that's a problem that we as a team are taking uh, 50-50. I am allowing myself to take partial blame for David's mistakes in terms of organization. Uh, but yeah, this is an episode that we recorded back in June and somehow never made it to post. And then we realized, oh, what, 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 where was that episode? And then it turned up in uh, someone's iTunes library for some reason. But anyway, with that, here's David. Welcome. As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week it's... I'm dying I'm podcasting today with David, my friend, my co-host... Keep it going. I'm dying one day, but hopefully not tomorrow. My name is Tim Crisp, and I've still got a lot of shit to take care of before I leave. Mm-hmm. I got a Same. lot of Alkaline Trio songs left to talk about with you, my friend David Anthony, on our podcast. A shocking amount As left. As you were. A podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week... It's I'm Dying Tomorrow, a song that we should probably put this at the front, David. Uh, We're recording right after we recorded last week's episode. Correct. We talked about the American scream. And we're telling you that now just because, A, I was feeling a little like, oh, man, weight of the world going into friggin' talking, uh, talking about anything to any audience and mm-hmm. two uh just in case the shit only got worse which is quite likely we don't sound like completely tone deaf mm-hmm. for not addressing like what other atrocities happened between uh between last week and this week yeah i mean i think to your point and what we kind of talked about in the last episode is there's a need for a little bit of escapism so with this one that's what we're gonna do we will to from here to infirmary track number Mm -hmm. nine a great spot for a dance song yes historically also uh kind of funny that it just came after a song called armageddon which we talked about on episode yeah three second song we talked about for this podcast i think it was, I was very working. Early. I was working. I think heel. it was. Nobody was happy with me that day. You know who else wasn't happy with me? No. Me. Because that's when I realized, like, oh, no. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive to work heel anywhere. So, uh, yeah, we toned that one down a little bit. I still don't think that song's very good. But. I enjoy it. But uh, I, I can respect the decision. Or the opinion. And. This one kicks in right after. It's like, oh, wow, Armageddon was uh, about to happen. And apparently Dan got the memo because 
he's dying tomorrow. But then again, who knows from what? I mean, that's the great mystery of life, is it not? Uh, I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. What do you... What have you thought of this song historically in your journey I've with this never band? not liked this song. I've always thought that it was pretty close to the perfect expression of Dan's sentimentality. I think that he he he's written songs that are like based off of this concept to sure to, yeah, uh, much lesser uh uh reward this one is just like it's fun it's it's a little cheesy but in the right ways i think that it's just a a track that drives i love the way that it starts and i love the way that he it never really like i mean it it slows down a little bit in the verses but what really like drives this song is dan just belting out the words yeah, and I think it's I mean, I agree with everything you said and I want to focus on some of those things that you just talked about. First, definitely one of the funnest mm-hmm. songs they have. Like this song feels mm-hmm. like a party. And when I listen to it just now, like I can close my eyes and see people just like whipping beers across a room. Like it's just it's it's very joyous despite it being about like I'm dying tomorrow, quite literally. But it's also maybe the only song I can think of that they have that opens mm-hmm. with the chorus. It wastes mm-hmm. no time. Uh, and that's such a hard move to pull off. Yeah, it really is. Fuck. And especially that there's just like no, there's no anything before it. It just goes straight no. into it. And yeah, I I feel like it's weird that I'm blanking on examples of songs that open with the chorus. There aren't that many, obviously, but the ones that do, it's it's like, oh wow, that's a move. That is quite the move. Yeah, I mean, I, I the one big example I can think of, and I know I've brought it up before, is the AFI song "This uh-huh. Murder" because I hate that chorus so much. <laughs> Um, and it was so omnipresent. Uh, and that's the example of a song that got very popular, like where that record debuted at number one on Billboard uh, using that same tactic. I came up with my example. She loves you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that can't yep. be bad. But. <laughs> what that she loves be bad? You. you should be glad. Oh, fair enough. You know, it's funny because I think like. It's almost, I think I don't often like the move when it shows up because it feels like you're just trying to like immediately grab me and pull me Mm -hmm. into the thing. And that's kind of not what a chorus is supposed to do. Because I can, you know, I think generally listeners are, it's like flipping the three act structure of a film Mm. on its head. You know? You ever see Memento? (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. Um, Fine movie. Yeah, totally fine movie. Uh, Joey Pants. I'm just not the biggest. Yeah. Uh, he's really the star mm-hmm. of the show to me. Star of every um, show. You know, I would just like to stop for a second and point out the fact that uh, 
the last time that I was in a movie theater, and who knows if it's going to be the last time I will ever be in a movie theater, was Bad Boys 3, where I'm not even going to give a spoiler alert, because if you haven't seen Bad Boys 3 and this information matters to you, then you're a fucking fake fan. But Joey Pants died, and I yelled, literally yelled, No! At the movie theater. Feel great about I, that. I muted you because I've not seen it. So there you go. Um, anyway. I told you to uh, see Bad Boys 3. Yeah, but a lot of shit has come up, man. Uh, anyway. Ridiculous. I think, I think the only reason this works is because of the vibe of the chorus and because it doesn't downshift mm-hmm. that much. I think that's the mistake that a lot of songs that do this is that they kind of pull it back too much in the verse and that tension and release is, it just feels mm-hmm. off balance. You know what I mean? It's like opening with a breakdown. It's, uh, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah. It just is hard to make. Yeah. That and work. I think that this, this because course... you don't build the right, explosion. Right. And I think that this chorus works so well because it kind of sets up the premise for the entire song. Yeah, it, it actually serves a narrative mm-hmm. function. It's like, what's this song I'm dying tomorrow about? Well, let me tell you right away. I'm dying tomorrow, and uh, I'm doing a little bit of inventory taking. I just want to make sure that I did it right. Well, and I think that's why it works, is if we're going to explore it from that narrative thing, you need that to kind of be the first idea presented so that he can then just list mm-hmm. stuff off, which is kind of all he's doing. And to me... That's Dude, fine. I love a good list um, song. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what it is. There are some corny lines, like you pointed out, but there's some lines in here I really love. Um, I I think that drinking for the fun, singing for the taste is fucking so good. I think anytime you can get that switch, like the uh, the Dylan, uh, he just punched my eye. He just smoked my eyelids and punched my cigarette. It's like, if you get mm-hmm. it, if you get it right, it's going to make people lose their shit. Yeah, it's just, and he, he does it with, this is the most confident Dan sounds on Oh song. my God, yeah. Like, he's just going for it, fully committed. He usually walks a line between... Being this like kind of self-deprecating, kind of smart, kind of funny, but kind of sad dude. That is why his songs carry so much weight and I think hit people mm-hmm. the way they do is because there is that mix of emotions. But this is just the most guns blazing, bold song he has. Um, and it's kind of funny because I think a lot of his songs on this record are trying to do similar things. Like I think take lots with alcohol is going for a similar mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think I think another innocent girl is also kind of navigating that space mm. a little bit, but I think this one does it better than all of them. Yeah. It's definitely like, it's a cool song. It's like, it's a song that you're right after having parties on your rooftop and gathering lots of people together. Um, I think similarly to it's, it, it comes in similarly to she took him to the lake 
which is such a pensive vocal performance. And this mm-hmm, one is mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it puts off so much confidence. And then it really leans into that with the things that he chooses to talk about. Did I remember to sleep in, take lots of pills, commit irreversible sin? Like, dog, that's such a wild thing to put, you know, when you're looking at your fucking deathbed, when it's like, it's, am I going to heaven or hell? All of the things that you're listing in as the things that, did you remember to do this? These are all like bad, bad things. Traditionally, send you one way. Yeah, yeah. And um, I also need to apologize because there's some, a, dar- a dog barking somewhere mm. soon. It like just constantly, that's probably going to pick up on this. So if you're hearing that, Oh, that's okay. Sorry. I'm not hearing Literally it. nothing mm-hmm. I can do about it. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's to build off your point quite literally. It's a very devil may care mm-hmm. attitude. You know, he's just like, I'm. I've got one day. I'm gonna do everything I want. Um, and that's you know, it's it's an idea that people fuck around with a lot and play with a lot. But I think we say this a lot about Matt, where he takes that idea and just leans into it completely. That is what Dan is doing here. And he doesn't do that as much. And I think that's what makes this work is it feels like Dan wrote a Matt song. Yeah, that's a really good point because it it is. It's such a celebration of, you know, the more demonic type things. And I one thing that I love about this song is that it when it picks up, in the verses like the second verse feels like a pre-chorus even though nothing really changes mm-hmm. it's just that the dynamics you know get up there's a little bit more drive to it and just the did i did i when he sings yes. it has such a hook to it and it's like god you're just seeing this energy just build around those to launch back into that chorus which well, because it almost feels like you're going chorus, chorus, know, chorus. Dude, for real. It just feels like boom, 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 boom. Um, and I mean, he's even belting it out a lot more than he does in mm-hmm. that first verse. So really, this song has one dip, and it's the first yeah, verse, which doesn't take long. Which because, is like those palm mutes are perfect. Matt's mm-hmm. octaves, like those upstrokes that he hits. Oh yes. man. Well, here's a question then. Because, you know, it's atypical to do chorus, verse, chorus, and not verse, Mm -hmm. chorus, verse. I wonder, and obviously this would be a question for Dan, and I'm never going to ask him, so it doesn't matter. But I wonder if it was initially structured verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and they were like, oh, that second chorus feels a little louder. Mm. So let's... And it, to keep it from feeling like boom, 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 boom at the end, let's throw one up top. It kind of comes down, then it pushes you back up. And if it was a, he could have written it straight away. This is me just guessing. But thinking about this song as we talk about it, like it really only has that one kind of chiller spot. And I wonder if that was a decision they made or if that was the intention from the get go. This is me posing a question to the universe that will never get answered. <laughs> Yeah, I I really love the the way that they transition from so many parts and the way Dan's like 
energy level into the in the vocals is really like what guides things and just those like you know i guess but they do they do bring it down a little bit after the second chorus um and once again like pick it up with the same sort of uh momentum those did i did i and it's Mm -hmm. like he's just raising the stakes each time that he's getting closer and closer to a chorus Mm -hmm. to a really lovely effect and you know it's funny because I also want to uh, give a lot of credit here to Mike Falumley's playing because I think his playing in the choruses of the song are some of my favorite stuff mm-hmm. he does in this band. Um, his fills are kind of teetering on the verge of collapse, almost like a Glenn Porter fill from back in the day. But he's just it, it really feels like he's smacking the shit out of those cymbals and just like really getting into the vibe of just like beating the hell out of his kit in those choruses. And if I think that's what really helps give this song that life is we've talked a lot about like the issues with drum production on this record. And, you know, even sometimes Mike feeling maybe not like the best fit on some of the mm-hmm. older material, but in a song like this, he's playing it so kind of straight ahead and driving. And that's really what I think helps this song. I think it needs that more than Glenn or Derek could have maybe given a lot it. of long roles that really just have Mm -hmm. like a cone shape to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, did I run outside to kiss the rain under electrical skies? Yeah. The way he sings that too, like the fucking, the gumption to sing it like sky eyes. Like that's such a move. But you know that he's feeling it. Well, and I, yeah, and it's it's funny because that is, you know, there are eras of Dan's songwriting where he seems really interested in certain minutia. Like I would say around the This Addiction and Onward era, both like on that record and his solo material, there's a lot of references to water and sea mm-hmm. and ocean. Um, but on maybe I'll catch fire and on this record there's a lot of references to like looking up at street lights but doing it in these kind of abstract mm-hmm. ways uh and I think he does that in a really compelling way it doesn't feel like he's re- you know circling around the same idea he's kind of finding the uniqueness in those experiences which I really like um and I want to ta- highlight a lyric that when I first heard the song as a kid uh I misheard and I was like what and it's basically the beginning of the first verse where he says, um, what was it? Did I remember? And I thought he said, did I remember to think thin? <laughs> like he was trying to lose weight, like trying to fit into a pair of pants he couldn't get into anymore. And I'm like, I mean, I guess that makes sense. That's how he's starting the last right. day alive. He's trying to like look thin and sprightly. Not obviously what that line is. You gotta think thin, especially if you're dying tomorrow. Otherwise, you're just going to feel fat. Well, that's the thing is I read it as like he's like he's living. In, I was really young, mm-hmm. too. So like whatever. But it was just like, oh, he's like he just wants to look good on his last day. He really wants to like. Yeah. Have Respect. a vibe going. And obviously he has a different vibe going. Did throughout I? The song. Did I remember to wear a nice shirt? 
fresh from the dry mm-hmm. cleaners. Did I, did I remember to shave? Did I, did I? Um, did I, did I almost sounds like we're saying tonight, tonight <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Which, not a big Smashing great Pumpkins song. guy. Oh, my that God. song is great incredible. Song. Like, yeah, holy like, shit. Oh, Talk about another man. band where, like, I don't, I don't care about their like rippers really at all. But like that 1979, like they're kind of like pensive mm-hmm. rock stuff. Is disarm you with tight. a smile. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I think that if I were, if I were to do, if I were to make a top twenty songs of the 1990s, like everything, everything is there. Could ever feel this way forever? That's got to be in the top fucking five. That's up yeah. there with TLC's Creep. Named by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Anyway, um, great video, too. That's a discussion, discussion for, for a different, different day. day. It's, but... it's called um, it's called As You Pumpkin, the three Smashing Pumpkin songs that David and Tim like. It's called VH1's pop-up <laughs> video. Uh, did you know speaking of pop you remember oh yeah of course pop-up video so so for people who don't remember it's essentially music vh1 of this program where it was like music videos and then essentially the uh, like a tweet would pop Mm -hmm. up on screen more or less uh do you know what band appeared on pop-up video nirvana burzum what burzum had a weird music video that made it on VH1 once. That's your fun fact of the day. <laughs> um, this song, it's fun. It's a, it's a total ripper. It's one of those songs that can come at any point in the second half of a set. I feel like mm-hmm. it's also one of those tracks that everybody loves to sing along to, and every single person has their their like benchmarks there are things that pop into their head every time that they see it their associations um shout out to my friend nick who has uh drinking for the fun singing for the taste tattooed on him good for him good pick it's i don't know this is such a great like summer song it's a great yes late late night song it's a great song to like throw on when you're around people and it, yes. it really just like it's also two minutes and 19 seconds i mean it's so tight it's like so brief they don't have a lot you know we were what a few weeks ago talking about what was their mm-hmm. longest song this is getting over you which we were like huh, i didn't realize that song was so long and this is another one where i'm like i know there's not a lot of um length to this but it's like deceptively short like it feels so complete and full and i think that's tough like sometimes short songs are great but they you're you're aware of Mm -hmm. how short they are i don't really feel i think it's also a testament to the vocal performance the fact that he there's no instrumental breaks this song is two minutes and 19 seconds and dan sings the entire time yes like that dog that is still barking outside (laughs) um uh I want to, I'm going to ask you something that has no relation to the subject. Is it about a barking dog? Because there was one that lived across the street from me that 
was there for like a year and a half and I thought I was going to go crazy. Uh, this one happens like once every two weeks. And right now it's just, mm-hmm. boy, because um, like my room's right by a gangway. So it's just reverberating in that. I love the word um, gangway. Anyway. Yes, me too. Uh, I listened to an LP that I haven't listened to in a few uh-huh. years today. And I I think I've really low rated it. And I want to get your opinion. The Forgetters LP. Um, That is a tough one because I didn't like it when it came out and I don't think I've revisited it. I didn't like it because it wasn't the Forgetters EP. And mm-hmm. I really didn't like it after I saw Blake on that tour that I think you went to as well. Oh, yes. I love that. That was... Oh, I love a train wreck, but one where it's he knew what the fuck he was doing. Anyway, I, here's what I'm going to say is I was talking about them to uh-huh. someone yesterday because we were the jawbreaker thing came up and I was like, you know, I was like, because I saw forgetters when they played sub T when the double mm-hmm. sub inch came out. Then I saw them play the bottle and I don't think the I think the LP was out mm-hmm. maybe. Um, And I similarly didn't like the LP a mm-hmm. lot when it came out. But it was one where I was like, you know, I think this is because I was saying I was like, I think the big problem with Forgetters is that Kevin wasn't a very Mm. good drummer. You know, and Blake often played with very Mm -hmm. good drummers. I revisited that record today and it just really hit a spot for me. And uh, I would encourage you to give it another. You know what I listened to today? Exit English by Strike Anywhere. Ooh. Funny, they've been coming up a lot because they signed mm-hmm. to Pure Noise, and they're a band where I, I have a lot of affection mm-hmm. for them. And I listened to those two songs that came out, and I was like, one, good on them for like going on Pure Noise. That's definitely going to put them in front of people who have no idea who they were because they've not actively been a band in ten years. But I was like, man, they just really have a knack for sounding like themselves. Yeah. Uh, and like, I think changes of sound, Exit English are both good. And I actually think that last LP they did on Bridge Nine is kind of I could listen to that. I I loved that band. And then I think the only reason I stopped listening to them was because I kind of stopped listening to punk for a few years. Totally. And I mean, they are, they're definitely a band that I think sits in a weird place where like they're not hardcore enough for hardcore kids yeah. for sure. They're very poppy. Mm-hmm. But I... I don't know. I think Thomas has a really good voice. One I think of the best. Lyricist. Like they definitely have songs like, um, what is it? Sunset on 32nd uh-huh. or whatever. Um, that's like fucking great. It's a little long in the tooth, but like the execution of it's really good. Um, and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm about to go through a similar thing with revisiting theirs. Cause like I own, I think I own everything up through mm-hmm. exit English and like, they just had hits like they wrote choruses in like that kind of anthemic melodic kind of hardcore kind of punk thing, which isn't a thing anymore, but was very dominant. For yeah. A minute. Um, and I, I imagine a lot of it doesn't hold up, but I'd it's ride for like them. the inner punk era. But yeah, they were oh, totally like in between like anti flag and I'm trying to think of like. I know that Kid Dynamite wasn't current then, but it's that's exactly what I think about. I mean, they were definitely that midpoint. I mean, you know, even 
kind of like it's kind of like if uh kid dynamite just covered bouncing soul songs you know like that's kind of what it is um which like is a very specific thing and not a thing i need Mm -hmm. a lot of but i like Mm -hmm. when they do it um and yeah they've been on the mind a little bit because of that and it's funny how now i think at the time they felt like so different from what was like classic punk and hardcore because of how melodic they were but now given how like heavy Mm -hmm. a lot of hardcore is it's almost like they almost sound more yeah, classic. Totally. It's very odd how how time warps all. I hope he cut anyway, those dreads. What do you give this song, Tim? Um, I give this song a four and a half out of five. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it four. Uh, I just really like it. It's really fun, and um, sometimes that's all things. Yeah, need we to didn't be. have much to say about it after we got through kind of our favorite lyrics and some of our favorite moments to it. But I think that's, you know this fits in the category of songs that we are enthusiastic about, but don't have all that much to say about it other than talk about how great it is and how to the point it is. Um, yep. So that is uh sort of a funny thing to have come up in your podcast about Alkaline Trio songs, but here we are. True. Um, we started this podcast because we wanted to hang out and we do that. We hang out and it's like the best time. And I look forward to it every single week. And even though we did two of them this week, we're going to do another one next week. Cause boy, I need to see that face mm-hmm. every Sunday yes, afternoon. Uh, his name is David Anthony. My name is Tim crisp. And this is our podcast. It's called as you were a podcast about alkaline trio. Uh, we have Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. You can hear that Matt Allison interview that we mentioned at the top of the show there for your mm-hmm. consumption. We talk about the freaking Alkaline Trio and the Lawrence Arms, a little joint venture I did for my two Patreons and Synergy. We- and I also did a Patreon episode where I interview that dog that doesn't <laughs> stop barking. So if you've really been waiting for that boy um we invite you to go on over there you can vote about you can vote on what song we talk about next week and probably the week after because we've been meaning to repay our folks over at patreon why not and yet either way we will be back next week with another song to talk about and i i just i i'm looking forward to it so much i couldn't wait i couldn't wait this week to talk about another song next week so you get where i'm at y'all get where i'm at i I get get where where i'm at at. we'll see you next week thanks folks